Well, good morning. I am Joel, one of the pastors, and it is good to have you here with us today. Um, anybody else a child of the 80s? Raise your hand, please. You guys are awesome. Um, I was a child of the 80s, so there are certain things that you think about when it comes to the 80s. Um, I think about mullets. Anybody else, right? I think about jams. Some of you are going, what's well, jams? Like, listen, rock and roll. That's like really bright colored shirts with flowers and stuff on them. Um, never wear them. Um, another would be members only jackets. Anybody? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're not cool today. For those of you, some of you are like, I have it on right now. I'm like, you're still cool. Um, there are certain things that, one of the things I think about when it comes to the 80s is the musical group U2. Anybody else, right? Like, they've been playing music since. 1970 or something. I mean, crazy stuff. Still playing today, um, playing different songs. Like, culturally speaking, um, that was like one of the bands of the 80s uh, for me. And I was like, man, they were just, they're awesome. Um, With or without you, different songs that they would play and sing. And I'm going, man, okay, um, you too. The reason I mention it is because recently, maybe you've seen it. I know it went around everyone's social media. This was several years ago. They actually dressed up and went and played music. Um, in the subways of New York City, and nobody recognized them. Maybe you remember seeing that video. Uh, I'm sure you could go and try to find it. So nobody knew who they were, and so people were literally, some of them were mocking them, like kind of laughing, like, oh, yeah. And then people finally started to recognize who they were. So the night before, they had played Madison Square Garden. So here they are playing, I think it was Madison Square Garden. And so they're there. People are spending hundreds of dollars for a ticket, of course. And then the next day, they decided to dress up, and people are laughing at them and walking by going, yeah, whatever. What's the difference? Why, why in one occasion, these people are spending crazy money to go see this band, and another occasion, they're blowing them off. And it's because, I think a lot of it is simply because um, the people who are passing by, they were, pre- they were preoccupied, weren't they? Like maybe they were trying to get to work, maybe they had to go pick up a kid or, or something like that. So I'm not getting on to them by any means. I'm simply saying I think maybe they were preoccupied. The, 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 the posture of their heart was different than it would have been if they would have shown up for a concert ready to listen to music. And sometimes I think we step into Christmas and we're not ready for the fullness of it because our, our heart's posture is not ready. It's not prepared. And we're just running frantic. I have, I, I'll go ahead and tell you now, um, Friday um, was the first time I purchased anything for Christmas for the year. Um, but I'm prepared because I have a wife. Um, <laughs> mic drop, walk off the stage. She just takes care of me. I tell you, she's amazing. So, um, but, um, can, does anybody else do this? So she, I, she tells me, she's like, instead of telling you what I want, I went ahead and bought it and I'll let you wrap it. And she hands it to me. Anybody else? It's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Um, But I bought my first gift on Friday, and I go, man, it just doesn't even seem like it's Christmas. It doesn't even seem like it's December yet. That's how the world is spinning right now. And I go, man, some of us, we don't have a heart posture that is ready for the coming of Jesus Christ to celebrate that, to recognize. It doesn't impact just Friday morning when we wake up. It's every single day of our life, the coming of Jesus Christ impacts us so uh, what's your heart's posture what do you even do you even recognize 
all that God is doing right now in his movement? Or is the posture of your heart not prepared? Is, is it not ready to see God for who God really is and what he's wanting to do? Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was actually at a funeral in Texas. I mean, in Texas, in Kentucky. I have no idea why I said Texas. In Kentucky, it's been a long weekend, that's why. And so I'm there at a funeral of a good friend who's been sick for, for a long time, for many years, and being able to celebrate his life. He loved Jesus so much. Um, right before we uh, go over to the funeral, though, at the church, uh, we walked into a store, and a lady was there, and she saw my son first, and she came up, and she, she was like, can you tell me your name? Now, this is where I used to pastor seven years ago. She's like, can you tell me? So this is when my 16-year-old was nine, was three foot one, and now he's taller than I am, right? So they, they, they were like, who, who are you? And he said, Carson Wayne, I thought that was you. And she recognized him, even though it had been seven years. Some of us aren't recognizing all of who God really is. Our, our heart's not ready to go, what, what's God really doing right now? And one of the people that I've always been amazed by when it comes to how they received Jesus Christ, of course, is, is Mary. So I want to walk through um, maybe even Mary's heart posture is one way to think about it. I want to walk through her heart posture as she discovered Jesus Christ was being born into this world and that she was going to be used by God um, in order to be a part of that. I want to speak about that in Luke chapter 1. Christmas Eve, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 2, of course, which is really the most detailed version of the birth story that we have. Um, but when we look at Luke chapter 1, we're going to learn that the posture of our heart greatly influences your receptivity to the unexpected. This is what we're going to learn today. That the posture of your heart greatly influences your receptivity to the unexpected. Because what was happening was unexpected. They weren't ready for it. And we're going to look at the, the, this story and go, wow. Mary's heart, her posture toward God was phenomenal. And your posture matters. Even if you're going through crazy stuff and chaos and everything else, the posture of your heart matters. It will determine how you respond to someone else. I'll give you a good example. So if you've had a, a strained week, maybe with your, a loved one, with your spouse even, and the two of you are just kind of going back and forth about maybe finances are hard or difficult or, or maybe you're without a job right now. Something's taking place and the two of you are just doing this. And so finally one of you, you look at your spouse and be like, honey, I, I love you. And they go, yeah, sure you do. Right? That's a response because of the posture of their heart. Or the posture of their heart could be when, when they hear, honey, I, I love you. And they could go, hey, I, I love you too. You see the difference in the response by the posture of the heart? Well, the posture of Mary's heart teaches us a lot about where our heart needs to be and understanding who Christ is. So I want to walk through some of this story. The first portion of it, I'm going to hit very quick, um, but it's going to be some great things for us to process and think about. So um, Luke chapter 1. Verse 26, and I, again, I'm going to run through these first 20 verses or so pretty fast. But it's the sixth month the angel Gabriel comes um, from God, goes to Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man named Joseph. And it tells us the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. 
It says she was greatly troubled at the saying, tried to discern what, what, what kind of greeting is this? Like, what's going on? Now, you got to remember, angels had not been present for a long time. All of a sudden, God is stepping back into the picture in a, in a very unreal way for them. Right? We, we know the intertestamental period. I often say this because I think it's important for you to recognize. There's 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and then picking back up with the gospel with the coming of Jesus Christ. And so they weren't accustomed to this. God had, had, had remained silent to them for a long time. Now all of a sudden here come the angels and begin to speak again. And God is stepping back in in a, in a way that he had said that he would do. And the time had come. And so here's Mary going, what, what kind of greeting is this? And the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You shall call him Jesus. This is, this is amazing. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. This is why this favor, this grace is why even maybe you grew up Roman Catholic. That's why they say, Hail Mary, full of grace. Now, you need to recognize, though, please hear this. Um, Mary has no grace to give. She was the recipient of it. That's important to recognize. But she knows that she is now the recipient of God's mercy and God's grace and God's overwhelming love. And, and she recognizes this very thing. Luke, Luke 131, here it is. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. Here's this promise that is being spoken about. So here's this young teenage girl, probably 13 or so years old. All of a sudden, she's being spoken to. She's betrothed right now. If you don't already know what that would have meant, well, she was betrothed to Joseph, so they would have spent probably a year being betrothed. He would have done everything he could to prepare for their marriage for that year. Everything. I mean, he would have been working hard. They grew up a lot faster then than they do now, okay? Right? Some of us are begging for our 50-year-olds to get out. Right? So, but then they grew up a lot faster, so they would have done, he would have been doing everything he could to prepare for that marriage. They would have had a seven-day wedding festival afterwards. Seven days. Seven days. And they would have had this wonderful festivity and this party, this wedding celebration about what God was doing, right? Making this covenant. And so you would think, knowing all of this, that the angel of the Lord would, coming to Mary, Mary would have been like, what? Don't you know I'm engaged? If I go and tell them I'm pregnant, I'm toast, don't you understand? They could literally, they, could, they legally could have stoned her for, for that. What's the response of Joseph going to be? I'm not going to have anything. This, you want to talk about stress and anxiety ridden? Because then what's she supposed to say? Oh, and by the way, it's just because I'm having the son of God. Right? But we're going to see her posture here. Her heart posture was fantastic. It was really, truly amazing. Put it like this. So I told you about, I've got one, one kid who's tall. And so Kentucky, here's this lady say, who, who are you again? Well, I also have a daughter who's 14. And I, fathers, fathers in the house, imagine your daughter who's 14, 13, coming to you and saying, hey, one, my daughter at this age ain't going to get engaged. Do I hear an amen, men? Amen. Okay. What would your posture be? 
if your daughter came and said, hey, dad, I just want you to know I'm pregnant. I wouldn't have heard anything after that. <laughs> and by the way, it's with the Son of God. I, 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 would have just, I would have heard nothing, but I'm proud. I would have said, hey, honey, I love you. What's his name? <laughs> you can go where you want with that. I would have prayed for him. Um, <laughs> and you're slow today. <laughs> you're like, like that, that slow trickle of a laugh. Like, oh, he didn't really mean that. Um, I, I think about all this stuff, what, the, what my heart posture would be to even hearing about the news, much less being the one that the news has been shared with to say, you're going to be a, rec- a recipient of my grace and my love, and I'm going to let you be part of the most magnificent thing that I've ever done for humanity. And so here's the story, and she's like, listen, I don't understand how this is going to happen. That's, that's really her posture in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. I, the angel says to her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born to you, will be called holy. You know, and I even think about that with my daughter. If she came and told me news like that and said, but don't worry, I haven't done anything wrong, but Holy Spirit's got this, would I, would I step into it differently? You see, there's, there's one thing to say, I believe in God. There's another thing to say, I still believe God is a God of miracles. To be able to process that and to recognize what heart posture do you have in understanding who God is. And Mary continues on, like you start to see even what her first response is, is I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Luke 1, 38. Mary said, behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. Four times at least, she refers to herself. That, the word there is actually bond slave. We often refer to it as doulos or doule, which means slave. She's calling this out and saying, hey, I'm a servant of yours. Let it be to me whatever you say. Craziness is happening in her life. Remember, literally could have been killed for it. Her response is not to cuss God. Her response isn't to say, no way, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I'm going to hate you. I can't believe it. Her response is, I'm your slave. Have your way. Mary's response, twofold. If you write down anything, just write down these two things. The very first thing we see in what Mary did is Mary, here's her response. Mary submitted because of her recognition of who God already was. Mary submitted. She had a posture. Her heart's posture was one of submitting because she acknowledged who God was. She knew all that God had done in her life. She trusted in everything she had been taught about God. Partially, some of the time at least, we respond to God in a manner which is not godly because we actually don't trust that God will keep his promises. Mary knew that what mattered most in life were not the events or the circumstances. She knew what mattered the most was your response to them. This is something we speak of often. And so I think about 2020 and I go, there's a lot of things to respond to in 2020, right? There are a lot of things to respond to. 
But our response is what matters more than even the circumstances because we already know. Listen, hey, guess what? God even said it. You live in a dark world. The world's going to hate me. The world's going to hate you if you love me. And so, listen, it is what it is until I come back because of the brokenness, the sin of the world. It is a hard place. But what's your response going to be? Will you be part of showing the light to the world, knowing that Jesus Christ is the light of the world? Will you be a part of that in the midst of darkness? So here's Mary's response saying, hey, Mary just submitted to God because her faith and belief that God was able. She submitted. It's the first thing that we need to recognize. When hearing the impossible, Mary submitted because her trust was still in God. And some of you need to hear that today. She didn't say, I, don't, I still don't get it. I don't see how it's possible physically or any other way she didn't start to rationalize it and she just said I trust you you know you know what it's called it's called and we speak this word I think we forget the meaning of it it's called faith faith is a willing to believe that which you may not understand or see but you trust that's the definition of faith and what we're seeing is, so if, if you respond to the difficult, the impossible with, there's no way, I'm angry, I'm fed up, this isn't happening, then you have to examine where your faith is. I think Mary's response was out of a faith that she had in God. And so here she is, and, and she's just saying, hey, I'm your servant. This, I, I submit to you, let it be to me according to your word. It says the angel departs from her. And so then she gets up later on, she goes to visit uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth cousins elizabeth if you don't remember gave birth to john the baptist more prophecy being fulfilled as the forerunner of jesus christ and it says when elizabeth heard the greeting of mary this is verse 41 and following luke chapter 1 it tells us it says when elizabeth heard the greeting of mary the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is important. She's filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed. There's that faith. Blessed is she who believed. There's that belief. There's that, that strong understanding of who God already is. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That she trusted in who God was. And so even in the midst of the possible, she declared that her God would remain faithful. And Mary's hearing all of this, and you can only imagine how overwhelmed she was in knowing that she was going to be used by God. If any of us, if I, if you, if any of us are used by God in any way whatsoever, we are unworthy of it. 
I am literally still dumbfounded that I have the joy of opening the word of God and letting you know that this is truth and these are the promises of God and he will never abandon them. He will never step away from them. He loves every single one of us and he wants us to be in an intimate relationship with him. We do that by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, knowing that he can forgive us of our sins because we are are fallen and we are hurting people. But my God redeems. What a beautiful joy. And when you can only imagine now the response of a Mary, first thing she does is she, she just submits. God is wanting to use me? Really? I mean, can we claim to be people of faith if our response to God, if our, if our response to God wanting to use us is, oh man, here goes. The only reason we would speak in such ways to the Almighty God is because our plans don't align with His plans. My plans don't matter anymore. All I want to do is fulfill the plans that God has. Anybody, yes? I mean, I... I I was talking to a young man the other day, and, and... I was like, hey, one thing, what do you want for Christmas? And he's like, oh, hang on. And he went and got the list. Right? Like all kinds of stuff, like crazy stuff. So I just sat in there. I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe you'll get something. That's cool. Um, and it's encouraging. And okay, um, That's my form of encouragement. And so then all of a sudden, Later on, I saw an opportunity. I was like, hey, tell me everything that you're crazy grateful for right now. I said, no, no, And I helped him along some. And he came up with some great, a couple of great things. I was like, I, I tell you what, this is what we're going to do. And in fact, my wife learned that we're going to do this this Christmas in the first service. Um, is that before anybody can open anything, every single gift, you have to talk about something you're grateful to God for. Right? When... When our, our, our list of requests are, is greater than our list of declaration of who he is, we're messed up. If, if I can more readily tell you all the stuff I want, more so than telling you about who my God already is and what he's already done, I'm messed up as a believer in Jesus Christ. And I know as soon as I said that, I was like, some people think that's kind of harsh language. God's already done everything we need done. So here's Mary going, I just submit to you no matter what. And she just is welling up within her. And her response to hearing the words of her cousin is, you know what she ends up doing? She starts to sing. I mean, it tells us, like, all of a sudden you have the Magnificat, it's the song of praise from Mary being declared. It's just wonderful. All of a sudden, here's Mary with child, going to have a baby, and she goes, I submit to you. She hears her cousin speaking about all the wonders of God, and she's like, she just starts to sing. Anybody in a family that sings a lot? We sing all the time. Like a, a lot. We do a, a lot of cheers and chanting. Like we hear, see, see our, our neighbors come over and I'm like, oh, they're the Richies or the Kleins. I'm like, I say, let's go. You say Richies. Let's go, Richies. Let, like, do you guys do that with all your neighbors? I'm, it's just, it is. They're probably here. I don't know if they're in this service or not. Like, that's what we do. It's just fun. 
Because I, I see my, all my neighbors. My neighbors are like my family now, right? I've been here a long time for me. I'm like, wow, seven years. And uh, I'm going, those are my family. And I see them. I'm excited to see them. So I'm like, let's go. Woo. And the neighbors look at me strange. And I, th- I see my, my buddy Tom, who's my neighbor. I'm like, hey, Tom. And he just he starts to go inside. I don't know why. But I look at all this and I think about it. I go, we're that family that sings. They literally have come over and like, hey, we hear you're singing. And they say it in a way. You don't know if it's like, oh, that's great. Or they're letting us know to never do it again. Um, But we just keep singing. We're going to keep cheering. And that's what Mary did. Mary, Mary was so enamored, grateful for what God was doing. That one, she submitted. And two, she sang. And she sang a song. Check this out. I love this so much. In the song that you're going to see, I'm going to unpack it very quick for you. But what you discover is that in the midst of her singing, she didn't make one request. To me, I just start singing. She, makes, she just starts calling out the attributes of God. She could have been stoned, doesn't know how Joseph is going to respond to everything, what the family is going to say, what the culture is going to say, what the community, society is going to do with her. All of a sudden, she just knows that she's never uh, been with a man before, and yet she's going to have a baby, the son of God. All this pressure is on her, and her response is to submit and then to start singing about the promises and the declaration of who she knows God to be. Is that our response to God today? She submitted and she sang. Verse 46. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through this really quick. And I'm just gonna call out different things that she starts acknowledging about God. And I'll go ahead and tell you now that I'm gonna challenge you to think about what are you singing to God? Because I know, friends, I know. The 2020, I, I know that the world right now is hard and it is difficult. And it, here's the thing, it, it will never, until Jesus returns, until people place faith in Jesus Christ, it's not going to change. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, let me tell you now, there is a joy and a comfort and a peace that can overwhelm. Let Jesus overwhelm you this year. Don't get angry at God. He's already told you it's going to be hard. Trust God, because here's Mary, all this happening, and she starts to sing this song. One, verse 46, it says, and Mary said, my, and again, she's singing this. I'm not going to sing it, um, but she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Right away, she identifies as what her soul is doing. So God is Lord. I, my soul is magnifying the Lord. I don't have to worry about it. My spirit, verse 47, rejoices in God, my Savior. He is Lord, and he is my Savior. Right, I think Savior, I go deliverer. That's what that would have meant. He's the one who will deliver. He's the one who will renew. He's the one who will restore. He's the one who will redeem. So she starts this song. It's like, hey, here's God, my Lord, God, my Savior. She doesn't start with, God, I got a problem. God, what am I going to do if things don't go well? She 
God is my Lord, God is my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. God is, listen, God knows me personally. God, he is someone who is all-knowing, and so here he is, and he's looking at me. His servant, there's that word. She's already defined the fact, I'm your slave, I'm your servant. Now she's calling it out. God's looked at me, his, his servant. If you identify yourself as a servant of God, don't be surprised when your creator asks you to be obedient. Can we stop being shocked when God wants to use us for something beyond ourselves? Verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So now, she, instead of going, man, God, I'm stretched. you got to help with this. God, I don't know what I'm going to do. you got to help with this. She goes, no, God's holy. He doesn't lack anything. He's perfect. He's mighty. He's done great things for me. I'm good. Verse 50, his mercy. God is mercy, and his mercy, she just calls it out. She doesn't go, and God is trying. God is wearing me out. She, God is mercy. Do you see the heart posture here with Mary? So God, uh, we, we see it even as God is using Mary. Mary submits, Mary sings, and she continues to sing. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. And now she's talking about it, his strength and his power. God is strong. But what, she, what you see in this song is she even starts to remember all that God had done for previous generations for the people of Israel. She starts to remember all that she had learned, all that she had been taught about God redeeming, God renewing. And so in the last several verses, she starts calling out some of these things, especially the last four. It tells us that he has brought down the mighty from their thrones, exalted those of humble estate. Over and over again, when you read through the Old Testament, you see how God has done that very thing. She's declaring, my God's faithful. He's rescued the people of God, the people of Israel, over and over again. He is a rescuer. 53, he has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He's gracious. He has provided for the people over and over again, even in the wilderness with manna and other things. Like God just keeps providing. God is provider. 54, he's helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. God is a servant, and again, he's full of mercy. He's speaking about it again, and he's delivered time and time again. God never fails. 55, he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, to his offspring forever. He keeps doing it over and over. He's not going to step away. And so when God steps into my life and asks me to do the crazy, I'm going to say, yes, Lord, I am your slave because I trust in you. Her heart posture was singing. We need to sing more. I, I know I don't know all of your situations, especially if all those who may be watching. But Mary, of all people, we would have said, oh, she has a right to complain and to be worried. And yet her response was singing. Not for, out of misery and pain, out of her own defeat and her own, own worry and anxiety, but out of knowing that God was still God. 
And so she sang. No request, no petitioning, only praise and declaration of who she knew God to be. And I am convinced if that could be our heart posture, we would absorb Christmas differently. We would respond differently. I think maybe the big question is right now for you personally, what's your heart singing? What's your song to God? And it may mean, like, it may just reveal that your heart right now is broken. Like some of you might have lost a loved one and, or maybe you're without that job that you once had and you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not, what you don't hear me saying is that things are easy. What you hear me saying is even in the midst of the crazy and the chaotic, when you know that God is faithful, your song is different. Is, is the song of your heart declaring trust in Him? Is it declaring that He is sovereign? Is it declaring that He is a God of mercy and strength and holiness? Is it declaring that He is a God that never fails, that is strong, full of mercy? Is your heart singing to Him a song that will truly wake up the neighbors? And maybe they will come to your fence and say, hey, we can hear you singing. And you're going to say, good, can I tell you what we're singing about? In the, in the midst of the misery, in the midst of the darkness, I'm singing about the light of the world that one day is going to return and oh, how sweet it's going to be. Can we walk into Christmas this year with a song coming out of our heart like never before? Can we walk into Christmas knowing that our God is faithful and that he's full of mercy. That even when the world is just smashing you over and over again and your physical body is failing and your finances you're uncertain of and you've got friends or family and you guys, you know, use it, you just get into family arguments and maybe it was about politics or where you put the lawnmower in your garage, but now with COVID, do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? How long do you wear a mask before you go to bed? And I, I mean, it's just crazy. There's so much tension in the air. But guess what? There's always rest to be found in the name of Jesus. Can we live in that beautiful grace no matter where you are and what you're walking through? That's, I want to go ahead and challenge you. Maybe between now and whoever you're spending Christmas with. Yeah, some of you may be spending Christmas virtually. You don't know what people are walking through right now. So show love and mercy and grace to everybody that you meet. But maybe this is what you do. Maybe between now and then, you write your own song. No request. You write your own song to God and you share it with one another before you ever open a gift because you, don't, you know that you don't need anything else if you believe in Jesus Christ. 
and you let the world know it is well with my soul. I'm good to go. May our song sing to him. Lord, I come before you and I praise you and I worship you. And some of us today, we need to be reminded of your goodness and your faithfulness that you are sovereign, that you are a God of mercy. Some of us today need to be reminded that you are a great God. And so our song isn't one of dismay. Our song isn't one that groans. Our, our song is one that declares that all the earth is yours. Our song declares that all the earth is yours and all that is in it. Our song is one that, that declares, just as the angels declared, glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. God, may our song be one of praise and worship as we remember your love and your passion for us. In Christ's name, amen.